Hello, I'm Regina Botras and this is Backstage, where we talk with the who's who on stage, in dance, comedy and performing arts, speaking with the leading theatre makers of our times and how they came to the stage and what drives them and inspires them. At What Cost is playing at Belvoir Street Theatre at the moment until the 21st of May it, before it heads off to Queensland, South Australia and back home to Tasmania. It's written by First Nations playwright Nathan Maynard and joining us this evening is Alex Maloney and you may have seen her in uh, Eurydice or Babes in the Wood or Threnody at Old Fitz Theatre. Uh, she's been at Black Swan Theatre Companies, The Lighthouse Girl, as well as loads of other stage, TV and film productions. And Ari Mazza Long, who's been raised in the performing arts, first performing at the age of five um, in The Bridge and uh, performing in Moldhouse Theatre's Gonzo, recently Tracker, a collaboration for Australian Dance Theatre in Ilbidgery, although we didn't get to see you in the Sydney uh, Festival production. I did actually was lucky enough to see a version of you performing it and it was wonderful. Please welcome Ari and Alex. Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Welcome to Stages. So I understand this starts when the remains of an ancestor is being returned to Boyd's, the central character's land and family after being held dishonorably in London for several lifetimes. And this is like a story we um, know. So do you, who wants to take us like, where do we go? What ensues um, from there? Yeah, so the, the play centrals around Boyd Mansell, who's a elder of the land of, of this uh, a part of Oyster Cove in Tasmania called Portalina. Uh, and yeah, they at the start of the play, um, the inciting incident is that uh, William Lanny, who's a, an ancestor, his remains are returning home. And then, so then the proper uh, cremation and proper um, practices can happen in order to, you know, send him home to the ancestors. Uh, and then uh, the play also involves a, a theme about um, people claiming to be Aboriginal. And um, uh, there's a term called ticker boxing, um, which is like, you know, people just coming forward saying that they are Aboriginal and that they have some great, 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 great sort of uh, ancestor or grandfather. Uh, and then how that conflict and the political issues of that um, uh, then shape the play. And that's the sort of start of the play. Yeah. Also, um, the beginning of the play, uh, everybody seems uh, very happy with their life until your character, um, Alex Gracie, turns up and um, she arrives and she claims that she's there to research a PhD on William Crowther, the surgeon and former Tasmanian Premier who decapitated William Lane's corpse. But um, then it turns out that she's actually there for... Um, other motives yeah she she comes in she's doing a phd on william crowther yeah he's responsible for sending william lanny's remains off to england in a jar of pickle no less um and uh yeah so she's researching that um but also grew up in tasmania grew up around um bruni island knows a few of the central characters really well from previous like a you know from years and years back earlier so it's that sort of the connection is there and her homeland is there, but there are a lot of other factors that uh, come into play when it comes to um, her identity, I guess. I, I, yeah, and, um, yeah, and then the play gets pretty hectic. <laughs> yeah. 
Can you talk to me a little bit more about that kind of ticker box thing? Um, it just makes me think of a, a, actually a production I saw by Bangara a long time ago where they all danced on stage, but they had kind of the percentage of what Indigenous one sixteenth to full. So is it it's sort of that idea of identity? Yeah, or? so um, it's a massive issue that I didn't actually know about uh, much at all starting this play out as a non-Indigenous um, you know, actor. I um, but I've learned so much about it through this time, and also after the show, people coming up and talking about you know a, a lot of people have come up and be like, we have a Gracie in our community, and we like that, and yeah. so it's really beautiful to be able to hear other people's stories and and um hear how much of an issue it is. So basically, especially in Tasmania, because obviously we all know the horrific genocide that happened um in Tasmania, not many Aboriginal people survived. I think there was about forty seven. Um, people that survived and so the there's population of Aboriginal people in Tasmania is quite small um, and then all of a sudden in the last 10 years it's gone ex- exponentially it's increased like so and people are sort of like you know who's who's your mob sorry who's your family and some people can't answer it like some of the lines I say in the play that can seem quite far-fetched and, and um, avoidant are actually things that people can say, you know, like, no, I don't want to answer this. I'm feeling culturally unsafe and things like that. Um, because, yeah, but a lot of the things is that, sorry, the thing is that people can identify as Aboriginal now. You can tick a box on a form. So if you're applying for funding or a scholarship as an Aboriginal person, there is no, you don't need to prove your connection. You don't need to prove a bloodline. You don't need to prove who your mob are. You don't need to do anything. You can just tick the box. So then obviously there are people with, um, ill like you know uh motives that aren't necessarily right and and morally right doing that and yeah the the numbers of aboriginal people in tasmania at the moment are a a lot of people are like there's just no way there's absolutely no way and you know and then you know boyd has this amazing speech towards the latter half of the play where he's like you know the reason this gap isn't quite like you know there's more identified aboriginal jobs there's more identified aboriginal scholarships um, but the reason the gap's not closing is because we're not receiving these. It's it's going to these ticker boxes who were just coming forward being like, no, I think my great, 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 great grandma was Aboriginal, so I'm going to apply for that scholarship. And and it is, it's a massive issue going through a lot of um, communities uh, it, it, and, and, you know, in Australia, but mainly Tassie. That's why Nathan Maynard, a beautiful playwright, decided to write the play. Yeah, that's true because I think that uh, even though the genocide in Tasmania was you know, absolutely devastating. But of course, there are uh, people, um, you know, of Aboriginal heritage in Tasmania. But I think there's 4% claiming in Tasmania, where only 3% are claiming on the mainland. So it is, uh, it is happening more there than it is on the mainland. And of course, um, Boyd uh, is incredibly upset by this. I, th- I think this play is a is a modern tragedy, really, isn't it? Because I think the play itself is a beautiful drama, and actually, a, it builds in the way a tragedy does, where we see the happy family, and then it all comes apart, and and ends in tragedy. Totally, and and yeah, of course, like it is a tricky issue because of uh, you know the stolen generations and and a lot of other factors that come into it, where you know people are they do have the bloodline and they need to find their way back to mob and, and, you know, accepting and all of that stuff. But, um, yeah, it it is a tricky issue though, because it's easier for a government body to go to say these group of people who are uh, ticker boxes in inverted commas, 
um, to ask, you know, re request permission to drill through a, a lack of sacred site sort of thing. And they're obviously going to be less attached to the consequences of that if they aren't, you know, blood mob sort of thing. And Ari's character. I was going to say, what's Ari's character and who who are you? <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's what I, yeah, what I love about uh, this story is the complexity and the spectrum of, like, beliefs, of approach to this kind of topic with with all four characters, Boyd, Nala, Daniel and Gracie being like, you know, I feel like, yeah, like Boyd being very staunch in his way of being that, you know, like, yeah, you need to have your bloodline. You need to know where your bloodline, you need to be approved by that bloodline. You know, it's like all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, and then I feel like Nala's a bit more across of like, yeah, but we still need to have those conversations with the people that don't know to help them know kind of. Th and then my character's even further along being like, yeah, I mean, we should welcome anyone in until we're proven otherwise. You know, we should, if someone believes that they are, we should believe that they are too until we re find out that they're not. And, you know, I mean, for Daniel, that kind of comes back to bite him in the end um, through that kind of yeah, not asking questions first, I think. Is it kind of answering, I mean, it sounds like it's posing a lot of questions. Is there kind of some, you know, for you, I suppose, Ari, what you said is at the end you are kind of coming to terms with you have to ask questions. Is that what you're sort of suggesting? Or the players, I mean? No, I mean, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, yes and no. Mm. I, I mean, mm. what I've always found about this play is... It's not, it's not black and white. Like, you know, it's not so, there's not a clear distinction between right and wrong, but yeah. you know that, but there is a method that we need to be following, I think, which is, yeah, like, you know, before you start claiming the benefits, do the research, do the work, um, like, you know, talking to the playwright and his family and everything is, you know, like for someone who is like 99% sure that they are, you know, but because they haven't done the research, they haven't done the work, they don't know the answers to questions that might be asked, they're in the same box as any other white fellow claiming the same thing um, because they haven't done the work. And that doesn't mean that they can't get there eventually, but they've got to do the groundwork first. And, you know, and they can't be doing that claiming, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Palawasa, but, like, I don't know anything about my identity. I don't know about my family. It's like, well, you know, I would hold off on maybe... Applying for a scholarship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just, like, <laughs> do, do your research first. Like, yeah, I mean, and, you know, find out who the elders are. Like, talk to them. Work out your connection. Because if, like, you know, if they all recognise you and stuff, then it's going to be a lot easier. But if you're, like, working underneath underneath that bar kind of thing and being like, oh, yeah, I can manage, I can work this out by myself and I don't need them, then, yeah, I feel like you're kind of lying to yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and Ari, I think you make a really good point that it comes across through the characters because yours, your, I think your character's the most relaxed character, Daniel, and I think Nala's uh, quite a, a relaxed character. Definitely yours is the most relaxed. And I find it's more the juxtaposition between Gracie and Boyd and Gracie and Boyd seem to be uh, much more the characters that are at the other extremes and 
and that's where the conflict is the greatest and they kind of sweep everybody else up in through that conflict do you think that's true Alex uh yeah definitely I well it's it's that thing of like playing the antagonist I guess but yeah. a well-intentioned one you know she's she's not trying to be you know yeah and it's that old thing of like you know you've the character's always got a motive that they think is right. And um, that's uh, that's definitely been the hardest thing is, you know, Boyd is so staunch. They are on the, up the opposite ends. Boyd's the staunch, you know, uh, I don't like these ticket boxes. Uh, I hope all the claimers go away forever sort of thing. And Gracie's on the new to discovery um, end of, you know, and then obviously with all the other factors that you know, introduced into the play, it, it becomes such a conflict and, it really is sort of the two of them going against each other at the end. But um... I do, I do have to say, when I saw it, a lot of people um, don't mean to be offensive, but really hated your character. No, I know. <laughs> I, I, I've had a few shows where I've literally been booed, and I've uh, literally, uh, yeah, I've had like, yeah, I had people call out like shame or, um, or like, like when I do certain things that are pretty um, uh, controversial, I guess, in the in the scheme of things like I've had like no like I've had a lot of people calling out which is like terrifying as an actor but I've got to just remember like oh clearly I'm doing my job to in order for people to feel so awkward about it how do you cope with that on stage as being booed I mean it's it's oh it's the kind of opposite of what you want as a performer in a way no like Alex Malone the actor um feels very like vulnerable (laughs) but it's uh it's that thing of like I've just got to remember that I'm clearly serving the play if if the people are thinking that and they, these ca- you know it's written from Nathan Maynard's voice so it's all his you know um, his perspective of it all and you know I don't necessarily think Gracie's an awful person I think she's actually you know the opposite but just with what she's trying to what what you know her role, her function of the play is to be the antagonist I guess so um, but you know it's it's you know, I, I get off stage and there is a bit of like shaky hands and, and um, like, oh God, that was really awful to be hated by 300 people. <laughs> but, you know, that's my job as an actor to serve the play. And um, I, I just have to trust, put my trust in Nathan and um, and the rest of the team, Ari, Sandy Greenwood and, and Luke Carroll, that, um, you know, I'm just telling the story and then we go have a drink at the pub and we all have a hug. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's something I find really interesting about Nathan's writing because I've worked on a play of his before and he told me how he he spends most of his time writing for the character that he least agrees with. So if there's like a white character in there, he'll actually spend like the most time writing that person so he can make them so relatable in a sense so you can be like oh yeah i know this oh oh yeah i know that person like you know becomes like a warming thing to a bit concerning kind Mm. of i think yeah and i do feel like that he's he hasn't just written a two-dimensional bad guy it is very like you know she's multifaceted she's uh you can sort of see why as much as a lot of people would disagree but you can see why she does what she does and I think that's why I, I really love Nathan's writing because it's like, you know, he has this sense of like, no, she she has no other option, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, so she's, it's not necessarily, you know, morally right or, but she does believe it is. So therefore it's it's way more interesting to play because it's this, um, yeah, she her, her, like the thing that propels her onto stage all the time is, is the absolute 
thing she has to do sort of thing, which I find is, like, amazing and interesting to play. Is she? But, yeah, it's not nice to be booed. <laughs> is, she a, is she Indigenous or is she a white character? Who's Gracie? Oh, oh, don't we don't know. Okay, let's hold on to that. What were you going to say, Trish? Oh, I was just going to say, I think that's true what you're saying. Ari, I didn't realise uh, that he put so much writing into that um, into that character, uh, um, Gracie, um, because I, after the play, a lot of people were saying, oh, my God, I know, I know girls just like her. I know people just like her. Mm. And, of course, um, your character, Daniel, a lot of people would relate to, but we're not as confronted as we are by Gracie's character. That's all. And I think with... Yeah. Yeah, and with Boyd, of course, we see him. Well, he's the hero of the journey, isn't he? And not that he doesn't have his own um, flaws, but he is definitely someone that we relate to. Yeah, yeah. And that was the interesting thing about doing opening night last year was, uh, yeah, uh, meeting Nathan's family after the show. They, because uh, like I didn't. You know, I mean, yeah, I felt like my character is quite relatable to like a lot, a lot of people, including myself. And anyway, and then I met, yeah, I met his family, and like they, they weren't so warm to me, um, or or Alexia. They were just like, but, uh, a lot of them were like, I can't really look at you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I probably so nice. <laughs> like they were all over Luke and Sandy. They're like, oh my god, you guys are amazing. And then I walked down the stairs, and they give me this kind of like looking down their nose at me. I'm like, oh god, what have I done? <laughs> Art and life. Um, I wondered. So the beginning of the play is suggested that it's you know the remains of an ancestor returning. How does this sort of work in with the the story and this kind of? It sounds like it's about connection and and the the strength of you know feeling and family. But is there like is that just sort of a an umbrella to hold the story? Like what is the meaning of that? I've never actually thought about that, but there is quite a correlation with the idea of returning home. I think it's uh, it's more of the attachment to and the, and the absolute and because um, I, I, Lenny comes home at you know a third of the way through the play and it, then Boyd spends his his you know the chief of the of the um, place so he's the one responsible to send him home. He's got to build the pie or he's got to get make sure he's resp- he's responsible for getting him to the ancestors. So uh, that drives Boyd's character the whole time. And then there are these other factors, including Gracie, who are trying to uh, also have a part of it. You know, they want to also be at the cremation. They want to also have an attachment to it. So it's it's the thing that it's, it's the, you know, his protection of Lanny is main is his drive. He's responsible for sending him home. He's the head chief and that's sort of his drive. And then all these other things are trying to get... Lanny, because they want to, they want to be a part of the cremation too. They want to be a part of this, the, um, you know, massive ceremony. Sense of purpose, which I feel like is a very, a thing of this time is everyone's after their, like, what is my drive of life? What is my fight? And, you know, I think in this story is, is that is like, you know, I want to be a part of this ceremony. I want to be recognized to be able to be a part of this, you know, very old old tradition that i know i'm very not well yeah i mean yeah anyway you know and it's just mm. like it's this sense of yeah. yeah meaning and and what 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 are we in this world kind of thing and it's 
yeah, when you say something, I guess that has that, it's like, oh fuck, I want, yeah, me too, me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ide- identity, isn't it? It's a sense yeah. of identity, and I, I want to feel a part of that identity. And even when you say I'm a part of the land, or I'm an Australian, or I'm a Tasmanian, what does that mean? And 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 how how deep is your identity to this country and to the culture of this country? And I think it, that's that exactly what you're saying, Ari, that, that really um, comes up in this play. And I think that there's a lot of confusion about how you can identify as being part of this culture. Totally. And nowadays you just have to tick a box, literally. Yeah, I think they've just bought, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think they've just bought that in in South Australia where you just have to tick a box as well for, yeah, the voice. And a lot of people are reacting to that in the APY lands and, and another it's come it's sort of coming up around the country starting in tasmania but yeah uh, sort of popping up everywhere but i've noticed like i look do radio um on sbs it's like do you identify as being indigenous i'm like what a wow so it's exactly exactly what you do like yeah you tick if you do no yeah it's it's really interesting the other dark night i was on the way home from a play and I literally just got this call, like, that was like, Gracie. And I was like, oh, I think that's me. And I was getting a kebab after a show. I turned around and these, uh, like, four women who had all seen, seen the play, Indigenous women, were like, come over here. And they were like, you have no idea. Like, we have a Gracie in our land council that, if her name is, uh, like, Karen or something, I can't remember. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to speak that out. <laughs> and, then, and she was like, um, they were like, yeah, we... Yeah, it's a massive problem because she's that now deciding that she's going to do Welcome to Countries and she's like, you know, and Sandy Greenwood is in the show. She's yeah. got, she grew, yeah. she's um, Gumbanga, so she's uh, Byron Bay up, uh, oh, from up there. Yeah. yeah. And she was like, oh, yeah, every second day there's a new white chick with dreadlocks running weaving workshops and stuff. Like, it's a huge problem. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it will be a huge problem in America with, um, you know, um, Indigenous American Indians. Oh, yeah. totally. And it seems to happen in places where there is more genocide because there's so much genocide over there. And then, you know, people in, in film and all kinds of stuff have, you know, they've discovered up, they just said they had heritage and when they look into it, they didn't. It's quite amazing. Totally. But it's surprising to see that happening here in Australia, I, I feel. But, yeah, it's a pity. Yeah, I think it really follows the places of, yeah, mass genocide where people are like, yeah. like, like what, what's ha- what we've done is really messed up, so we need to fix it. By doing what they did, like you know, yeah. before we came. Yeah, or so. giving, you know, or you know, helping out, like you know, identified jobs, scholarship, all that sort of stuff, which is obviously really wonderful and should be happening. Yeah. But then you know, there's that side of humanity where a lot of people don't have the best intentions, and then that's why they're doing it. So, you know, when humans stop being greedy, I don't know when that will be. Mm. <laughs> well. On that note, Alex and Ari, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Ari Mazalong and Alex Maloney from At What Cost, playing at Belvoir Street until the 21st of May. 